North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's getting $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, everyone. Dr. Low Radio. You tuned in to another show. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Noel. I'm sorry it's been a couple weeks since I've been on the air. It's been nuts on my end getting this clinic up and running and ready to open. So it's been really, really fun. And if you guys haven't heard the news, I'm opening my own clinic, Shine Natural Medicine. We are having the countdown right now. It's, um, it's, been, it's been really fun. Of course, anytime you have any kind of project, it always takes like twice as long as you expect. So we've had a few little curveballs coming our way, but uh, it's going to look really nice. I'm very excited about it. We're hoping in the next week or two we'll be up and running. So, um, and it's been really fun just picking wall colors, and I'm going to have one wall that's chalkboard paint. I've always wanted to do that so I can have different specials and little health quotes, and I'd love to have a place where even patients can write on the wall. How cool would that be? Um, and, uh, yeah, just kind of create what I've been envisioning for many years. Um, so that is, uh, that's coming up, and for you guys, too, mark your calendar. November 9th is going to be the grand opening celebration for the clinic, and uh, it's a Saturday night. If you guys are out of town, it gives you two months to make plans to come down to Southern California and come to the Shine grand opening. We're going to have healthy food. We'll have live music. I'm wanting to have a silent auction and do a you know, charity. So um, mark your calendars. Spread the news. Let's see, tonight's show is all about healthy mamas and babies. So, of course, the babies aren't listening. Well, maybe they are, but they probably can't really get me. So it's mostly for you mamas listening and wanting to get some tips on how you can be as healthy as you can and obviously have as healthy of babies and children as you can, too. So I have an expert on the show regarding this tonight. We have Dr. Debbie Rice. She's a friend of mine. I haven't seen her in years, but we went to school together, and she was one of my instructors in gynecology lab. And uh, we won't give you um, any details about what that kind of learning experience was, but um, she's very, very smart. She's an amazing healer. She's a great friend, and I'm excited to have her on. Uh, before I read her bio, um, just want you guys to know that you always have priority. If you're a caller and want to ask a question, the number to call in is 818-495-6919, 818-495-6919. I have a long list of questions from Facebook, but you literally get to cut in line and just ask a question on the air if you can get the, the waivos to do so. Uh, let's see here. If you're on, um, if you're not a fan of the Facebook page, check it out: facebook.com/drlonoel. And I'm on Twitter at Dr. Laura Noel. And I do work with patients locally here in San Diego and all over the country too. If you've been wanting to find a doctor to get you feeling better, check out my website: drlaurennoel.com and read up on, on what I do. And I'd be happy to help you. So, Dr. Debbie Rice is a native of Colorado brought to Oregon to experience naturopathic medical school and is living in Portland, Oregon now. Her practice is within an integrative clinic at Sherwood Family Medicine. She enjoys areas of healthcare related to women's health, pediatrics, hormone therapy, gut health, including food intolerances, and a whole foods approach to health and treatment and autoimmune disorders and fibromyalgia. She spends her free time in nature, enjoying friends, yoga, and tasting the beauty that life has to offer. Debbie, thank you so much for being on the show, and welcome to Dr. Low Radio. 
Thank you so much for having me. And congratulations on your new clinic. Thanks. I know. It happened so fast. It's very, very exciting. And and I really hope you get to come down for the opening. Oh, I would love it. It's a good excuse to get out of the rain, too. <laughs> very true. Yeah. And, you know, thanks for just, you know, for um, okaying coming on the show. I know it's something I've been wanting to do a topic like this for a while, just how women can stay healthy as they're pregnant, as they're kind of thrown into the craziness of being a young mom. And I hear this a lot from a lot of my patients. And it's like, you know, a woman will go from kind of being the center of her own universe to then having a baby and pretty much getting like the backseat of the bus. And so many health conditions I know can start around that time. So I know we'll, we'll jump into all, a lot of these little topics around this, but I just want to kind of take a step back and get to know your story a little bit. I know you, but for people who aren't familiar, tell us a little bit about you, what got you into, you know, mamas and babies and this as your passion. You know, I um, always knew that I wanted to be a doctor, and, and the struggle of trying to figure out what is that going to mean for me in my life, um, I was working internationally, and I was on a plane ride home, and I read the book, The Red Tent. Uh-huh, and have you ever read that, that book? book? That's funny. Yeah. My dog's name is Dinah, so, you know, right? I love the Red <laughs> right, Tent, <exactly>. I think. <laughs> um, and as I was reading the book, I was like, this is, this is me, this is my life, this is what I want to do, except I'm, you know, in the year 2000 instead of the Bible. Um, And so it was wanting to bring that root medicine to women's health and the power of of what a woman has just inherently in who she is and the things that she can do and what her body can do and how you can just help facilitate that. Um, And that was that was where my calling was. Um, I, in the current practice that I have now, I'm no longer delivering babies, but I do still get to to play with the the mommies to be and the and the new mommies and even the the mommies that have, have six kids. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's it's so it is really a rewarding experience to be a part of that healing path, just because I think that women are phenomenal in what they have to offer and what they can give. It's just also helping them recognize that, like you said, once they do become mommies, they they're they no longer take care of themselves; they take care of everybody else, and and that's yeah. where it's important to address the the health concerns there. Yeah, of course, and setting things into place so that they take care of themselves through it, versus just running themselves into the ground and then come crawling to their doctor like I can't even function <laughs> anymore, right? Help me. Yeah, help me. Yeah. <laughs> So um, what did this teach you? I know just to kind of get personal, like what has this taught you about yourself of really getting to know women more and mothers and just being more connected, I think, to the feminine? Have you noticed any kind of, um, I guess, lessons you've learned about yourself or your own personal growth? Oh, that's interesting. I think um, for my own personal growth, I think it's there. Whenever you're talking to somebody, I feel like there's definitely a, a reflection of, of what you're experiencing and what that means for the dynamic, because every person is going to be different for what they they bring to their experience for healthcare and what they're wanting. And so I feel like a lot of talking to women is also creating a mirror for myself and what that means. You know, they say that in the universe you kind of attract what you need or what you want or things that are similar to you. But I feel like as a doctor, I some of these things come way out of left field, and then I'm like, all right, well, this is something that, the you know that I'm I'm asked and drawn to 
to be a part of. And so it's really helped me look at the full mental, physical, emotional aspects of what it is to be a woman and what that means in today's society, which is very, very different than um, the the mystical idea of what we recognize as being a mom and mm-hmm. and honoring that. And I feel like there is not the appropriate amount of um, sacred space that's provided for women and mothers. Um, mm-hmm. what, and whether it's mothers or not, just women in general in, in our fast-paced, American society. So I feel like the, it's the recognition of, of things that are forgotten that need to be brought back and respected and, and acknowledged. Yeah, for sure. And, and I, it, it's refreshing working with women because I, while I'm talking to a lot of my women patients, I'm just so present to how beautiful women are and just how amazing and And at the same time, how much we're so hard on ourselves and we can beat ourselves up. And it reminds me of what I do to myself. And it just then reminds me that we're all okay, you know? Right, right. And it's hard because we can. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We can sit there and say, but you deserve this and you deserve this and you deserve this. And, and it is, it is like, oh, well, you know, you should practice what you preach. (laughs) Mm hmm. Yeah, I wish I could yep. have all my patients be like a fly on the wall to, to be, be be able to listen to all the other patients. And I know that's like not HIPAA compliant and not legal at all. Right. But just to know that we're all the same. We all deal with the same things. We all think we're not good enough. We all, you know, like don't feel like we're doing enough. And so it's just, I think, like just kind of giving yourself some, um, just some gentleness and just being easy on yourself. You know how you give your girlfriend so much um grace and mercy but not so much with yourself just granting yourself that same kind of love you know agreed agreed and I think a lot of women we we just want to shower other people with that love which is great it's it's Mm -hmm. wonderful but a lot of times we don't keep some for us and that's a hard lesson to learn it's a hard lesson to learn especially for these young mamas so let's dive into this and you know I know there's probably some listeners who are tuning in going, well, I'm not a mom yet, but I'm thinking about wanting a baby. My husband and I are going to be talking about it. So let's say they're ready to consider pregnancy. Now what? Um, Well, and I think it's important, too. I have a lot of women that are like, so I work 80 hours a week, and my husband and I have this (laughs) whole thing planned out. I'm going to be pregnant by December 12th so that I can have everything planned for, you know, like the nursery and the baby shower. And and then this is going to be around the due date. And like they have everything planned out just because, you know, the way the life that we live in right now is very structured. And the one advice that I have to give for women like that is you need to learn that once you decide you want to get pregnant, you are surrendering your body and your time to what that baby has to offer. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big lesson. Um, and the other thing is making sure that you are taking care of yourself. Working 70 hours a week um, might be necessary to pay your bills, but there's got to be some other way to take care of yourself because if you're going to add taking care of a baby onto that and being pregnant, um, that's a lot to demand for yourself. So I feel like there's a little bit of, of counseling that needs to happen with looking at the reality of where your hours are going to go and where your energy is going to go. Um, mm-hmm. so if you can decide, okay, this is, these are my boundaries for work 
and then I'm going to look into, I'm going to make sure that my thyroid is happy, I'm going to make sure that my nutrition is good, I'm going to make sure that my sleep is good so that all systems are running and they're ready for me to to have a nice, gentle, happy place for a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and scheduling some time just to breathe and just to flow and maybe not having every single mm-hmm. second of the day, you know, scheduled out, like having some blocks that are just open to do whatever you want. I think that's so therapeutic. Yes, yes. Even if it's a 15-minute you stare at the wall and meditate, that's <laughs> going to be more therapeutic for you than running to the store to to go shopping. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. for sure. No kidding. We did a show a few weeks ago, a few months ago, I think. Um, I interviewed um, the woman who wrote um, uh, Madly, uh, Madly in Love with Me, it was so cool. It's like, you know, how you can be in love with your friends, your family, your partner, but not really in love with yourself. And I think that goes back to that self-love thing. So if you guys haven't yes. into that into that show, go to the archives and uh, check that show out. It was awesome, um, especially if you want to have a baby because you need to majorly practice the self-love. Um, okay, mm-hmm. so you talked a little bit about the lifestyle portion of this and being able to really kind of cut back and create space for a baby. But what are other things to consider when you're wanting to get pregnant? When you're wanting to get pregnant, I, like I said, I think it's really important to get just go in with your doctor. And and I think the biggest thing is just make sure that your thyroid is where it needs to be, your hormones are where they need to be, and your vitamins are where they need to be. Because really, if you get pregnant, I'm never worried about what the baby is going to get. The baby is going to take what the baby needs. It needs iron, it's going to take it from mom. It needs calcium, it's going to take it from mom. Mm-hmm. So really, the baby is going to be totally fine in making sure that you are happy and healthy before pregnancy is to make sure that you come out on the other side still happy and intact and and able to thrive. So it's mm-hmm. making sure that you're getting all of that good stuff balanced, that you are looking from the nutritional standpoint of the nutrients that you need. You're also getting enough calories and hydration and, and self-care. Um, mm-hmm. And for some people, that creates m- more self-care than others <laughs> mm-hmm. um and that's okay and that's okay and so what i'm hearing is that when you get pregnant you're getting a good amount of your supply to your baby so you almost want to start with excess like you want to be really optimal levels when you finally do conceive right right and that's why some people will say you know why don't you just start taking a prenatal now instead of when you get pregnant it's mm-hmm. kind of like as the naturopathic approach that I look at, I'd like to catch you before you fall off a cliff rather than try mm-hmm. to pick you up from the height at which you've fallen. Um, so right. if I can get you started on good nutrition and um, good nutritional therapy, good vitamin D levels, good progesterone levels, good thyroid levels, good iron levels, you are already in a place of optimal performance. Mm-hmm. Now, how long should someone start to prepare for this? Can they do this a month before? Should they be trying maybe three to six months, a year? What's kind of like the general range you recommend for your patients? Well, it's never too late if you're like, man, I really wanted to get on this and now I'm pregnant. <laughs> you can always right. jump into it then. Um, but any time is an appropriate time. If you are not even thinking about pregnancy, you still need to be diligent in your self-care so that you are optimal. So if you decide, okay, I I want to be ready to get pregnant in the spring because that's going to work best for me, great. Don't wait until January. Come in and see your doctor now. Mm-hmm. Get everything yeah. balanced and going forward then. It's kind of funny if you think about it how there's so many things you can't do while you're pregnant, but it's okay to do while you're not pregnant as if 
like yeah. taking care of your own health isn't as important as a baby. <laughs> right, right. And it's, I, there are lots of women that do that that are like, well, I never would have done this, but now that I'm pregnant, I'm thinking of exercise. <laughs> I'm thinking right. of sleep. I'm thinking of the vitamins that I'm going to take. And that should be something that you should think of on a daily basis. <laughs> I can actually think so of it's also kind of getting that mindset of having, yeah, having a baby, I think, has saved some women's lives because they finally have decided to take care of themselves. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. So, okay, we talked a little bit about kind of pre-pregnancy preparation. And, you know, one thing I know that we chatted about before during the show is is really wanting to emphasize a, a mom taking care of herself, not just her baby. So what are some, like, real takeaway things that those moms listening can start to implement that would kind of have them start to take care of themselves, not just their baby? Like already mommies? Mm-hmm. Um. And it's hard, depending on how old your kids are. Like, if you have a newborn, it's really hard to get good amounts of sleep. Um, but there definitely is power to the phrase of it takes a village to raise a child because when you are doing it alone, it can be very hard. So it's important to ask for help and not feel that you aren't a good enough mom if you are asking for help. It's important for you to be able to have a friend come over so you can take a shower and do the laundry or hire somebody that comes in and cleans and does some of that for you. Now a lot of people are like, yeah, like that's never going to happen. So if that's Mm -hmm. not going to happen, that's when you do utilize your friends or your family. And um, that's important. It's creating those boundaries for you. Um, for women that don't have that available to them, for the single moms or the moms that can't afford to do that and have to work a lot, there still needs to be a, a certain amount of boundaries that you draw so that you are honoring the sleeps that you need and and you're honoring the ability to be present for your baby as well. You are getting the appropriate nutrition. You are taking that rather than making food for your kids, all the kids that are running around the house and you're making sandwiches and snacks and all of that, don't just snack on the stuff that you are giving them. You need to sit down, whether it's with them or you, they are entertained elsewhere, you need at least a seven-minute break where you sit down and eat something. Um, mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing that I see with mommies is they will likely skip breakfast because they're cooking, you know, for their kids. They're getting them off to school. And then they're like, well, you know, I had a bite of a pancake this morning. <laughs> okay, in your right mind, you would look at somebody else and be like, what? You know that yeah. that's not okay. <laughs> it's not, it's not okay. You need to sit down and have a breakfast. Same thing with lunch. Same thing with dinner. Um even though yes, the kids are a priority, you need to make sure that they are fed. You are just as important so that you can be healthy and present for your kids and you need to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Even if it means that the laundry doesn't get done that night. Right. Yep. Let go of the perfection. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's interesting. I just saw a quote that said, you know, having expectations is something very great and meaningful, but expecting perfection is maddening. Mm-hmm. And so that's not to say yeah. don't strive for perfection, but um, sometimes there are things that you do have to compromise on. Mm-hmm. And And also for you young moms to keep in mind, too, is that asking for help doesn't make you a bad mom. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that you're weak, and I know it's really no. hard to do, and you feel guilty about it. But this is something that, that someone taught me um, not long ago, and it really stuck with me, is that 
people want to contribute to you. The greatest gift you can give someone is the ability to let them contribute to you. Because if you think about it, think about the last time someone asked you for help. It's like it's an automatic, sure. I mean, if you can help someone, you're gladly to do it. It makes you feel good. It makes, it, it makes you feel like you can contribute to them. So actually asking someone for help, it allows them to feel good about themselves, and they want to be able to do that. So whenever you feel hesitation to ask someone for help, just remember that that actually makes them really happy. So you're doing them a favor. (laughs) Yes. And it makes a huge difference. And we're not meant to really raise babies by ourselves. Like there were no, I mean, back in the caveman days, you know, I'm sure you didn't see people with their little individual caves with, you know, one mom, one dad, one baby. It's like, you know, they're tribal. They help each other out. We're meant to do that. No, I'm so glad that you said that because even if you look at certain tribes today, it's aunts and grandmas and moms that all work together to help bring up the children. One person is focusing mm-hmm. on cooking. One person is focusing on cleaning. It's not a one-woman show. Yeah. That's not how sure. we were designed evolutionarily. Yeah, and I've been telling my mom, I'm like, I'm not having any babies until you guys live out here. So mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see that kind of stress to myself. I, it's hard enough with my dog. So, no, right. I, I really, I, yeah, I get it. Um, yeah. Cool. So let's jump into a little bit of a, um, a more of a controversial topic. This is something you sent my way that, that you're giving me the green light to talk about this. So I'm happy you did that. Um, this is the topic of vaccines. <laughs> um, I yeah. know vaccines are super controversial. I get this question a lot from a lot of my parents. Um, you know, and for you, this is your specialty of practice is, you know, moms, babies, women's health. This is kind of the area that you really love. So What's your, I guess, approach with vaccines? How do you approach this issue with patients um, who want to know more information? Are you anti-vaccines? Are you pro-vaccines with maybe a different kind of um, schedule? What's what's your take on that? So I am, I'm not anti-vaccine. Um, and I think that the most important thing about vaccinations, I mean, there are many wonderful things in the public health arena that have been accomplished with the use of vaccines, um, mm-hmm. but I think your most powerful tool with vaccines is information. And it's really complicated and confusing in today's world where a lot of conventional medicine will push vaccines down your throat. Um, when mm-hmm. I have patients in my office, I will always ask, do you want to discuss vaccinations today, especially newborns that come in? You know, I talk to the parents, what are what are your ideas about vaccinations? Do you have any questions for me? What does that mean? And it's because I want to open that door, and I will let them know, you know what, if you don't want to do vaccines, that's fine. We just need to make sure if you don't, that we know what to look for. And that's that's an important thing. You know, you need to know what pertussis looks like. You need to know what any of the you know, polio. You need to know what all of those things look like. Um, and how they would present to you. So that's also having faith and trust in your doctor that that they're on board with that. Um, The other thing is as far as you can, well, in my practice, you can do vaccines however you want to. If you decide I want to do a delayed vaccination schedule, great, let's sit down and talk about it. Let's talk about what you think is an issue for you. And I also like to look at, if you're concerned about vaccines, let's look at, you know, if I have a four-year-old that comes in, okay, let's look at where you're going to go to school. Let's look at the history of the school. What have been the recent outbreaks at that school or in that county? What are the things that they are going to be most subjected to, and what does that mean? And there are some people that are staunchly against vaccines. 
and that's fine. We can do other things, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like information is the key, and I feel like with conventional medicine, there's not a lot of information except for you need to get your vaccines at this time with this many right now. So the, right. there's a lot of rigidity in the CDC recommendations, the conventional math line. Yeah. Yeah. And how many vaccines do the average does the average child get before like the age of three or something? It's it's like dozens? It's oh yes. It's ridiculous. I mean by the time they're nine months old, at least at least dozens. Oh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. And the thing is from a public health standpoint and I mean vaccines aren't meant to be evil and the C D C isn't meant to be evil from a public health and immunological standpoint they're looking at it as we know that parents are going to bring their kids in at these certain checkup times, so this is where we can get it in. Mm-hmm. And that's where the system can can fail some people, I think. So I'm sure you get this question from parents who say, okay, well, Dr. Rice, what would you do if you were me? What would you do with your kids? <laughs> How do you answer that yes. one? All the time. And I, I will tell them, you know, <laughs> off the record, this is, this is my personal view. There are certain vaccines that I would take seriously, um, but it also depends on if you're going to travel or not. And I know me, I like to travel, so I would take that into consideration for vaccination. Um, mm-hmm. But there are ones that I think are more serious to consider, and there are others that I think are not necessary to consider. Mm-hmm. Like Hep B, for example, or, or HIB, right? How how At, at a newborn that? status, I think it's yeah. ridiculous, yes. Right. Yes. Yes. I don't think any <laughs> newborn babies are going to be IV drug users or, you know. No, I always my little line is, you know, unless you have a mess lab in your house, I'm not going to I'm not going to be on the bandwagon for the happy. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, let's say there's t- parents who are going, "All right, great. We're pro vaccines. We want to do this the healthiest ones in the safest kind of timing of it." So, do you have them spread it out more or you know, or do them individually versus together? What's kind of the approach with that? I do. Um, And here's the thing that I always tell my parents, too, is as a newborn, especially if you are breastfed, um, your immune system is not at a maturity level that it can – it doesn't fully mature until you are 12 months, until you are a year. And so taking that into consideration with breastfeeding – I feel like there, you don't necessarily need to jump into vaccines unless you are just on with, yep, I'm going to do the CDC schedule and that's fine. Um, so it's looking at the timing too. If it's mm-hmm. at two months we talk about it and the parents are still uncomfortable with doing vaccination, okay, that's fine. Let's consider the time of year it is um, because pertussis is going to be more in the fall and the winter than in like March. Um, so if you're also considering, well, it's this time of year or we're going to travel, it's it's looking at that. So it's very, it's a very gray area of when to start vaccinations, depending on are you nursing, what are you exposed to, are you at a daycare, are you, are do you go to church every Sunday and your kid goes to the daycare at, at Sunday school? Like what do they have? Older siblings? Do older siblings bring home any fun germs? You know, it's also looking at those things. Mm-hmm. Is that okay. a pilot? Does mom travel? Right, right. But ideally, you want to have the you want to wait until like a year until the the immune system is done developing, right? 
I would say, and if you're not comfortable with a year, I would say six to nine months is where I would say that's where I would mm-hmm. begin, in my yeah, personal that's very opinion. From, yeah, I mean, that's very different from a conventional med- medical standpoint, and it's still taking into account maybe there's there are some vaccines that are helpful, but it's it's really making that to where it's a good fit for the baby and not throwing off, not throwing a ton of toxins as soon as they're born. It's just not, exactly. not the best idea. Okay. Exactly. Um, and the thing is, if if you are nervous about vaccines, and, and this is what I tell my parents too, if you're going to walk out of my office and be freaking out because you think you made the wrong decision because you didn't give your kid a DTAP today, then get the DTAP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if you're yeah. going to think more about what if she is exposed to this or what if he is exposed to polio, you know, nobody wants to, to play with polio. Um, and if you're going to worry more about that when you leave my office, then get the vaccine. But And if you want to do the standard vaccinations that are recommended, I do that. I just spread them out. Because mm-hmm. the thing that I find about vaccines, and this is where a lot of people get concerned about vaccines with the whole autism scare previously, is your vaccines come in a medium. So there's something that has to carry these vaccines. And when you get one vaccine you get the injection of that medium as well. Um, If you get five vaccines, you have now put five amounts of mediums in your baby's or in your child's body. Mm -hmm. So really, when you're looking at the side effects of not just the vaccines themselves, the other thing, the additives that come with it, the more you do at one time, the more you're exposing your child to different things. And so that's where you have the benefit of spreading out those vaccine so that your child's immune system can handle it and it doesn't become toxic to them. Mm -hmm. Now, we've had different kinds of viewpoints on the show regarding vaccines. We've had Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, who is like anti-any vaccines, no way, no how. Mm -hmm. We've had Dr. Mm -hmm. Burrell on the show, and he's, you know, more pro depending on the situation. And I know we've kind of had the whole spectrum. And I think that's important to present a lot of different viewpoints because this is a topic Mm -hmm. people can get really emotional about, and they're like, yeah. through vaccines, but without even really looking at any, any kind of data about it. So I think it's important to have kind of that open mindset. And for those people who are listening that are, that are like, no way, I don't want to do vaccines for my babies, what are ways that we can have, you know, their, their immune system strong and um, keeping them healthy through some of the different, you know, trials and tribulations they encounter as, as a young, young little human? <laughs> a little being? Um, as a little being. It's <laughs> it's very important if you can breastfeed and you are able to. Breastfeeding gives so much immune support. You have so much um, of your mom's protection while you are being breastfed. So that is by far the best thing you can do to support your baby's immune system. The other thing, just for basic health in general, probiotics for little babies and vitamin D. Those are my top two recommendations for any kind of immune support and immune boosting. Um, and that's for little ones, very little ones. Once they are about nine months to a year, that's when I look at adding some other things in. After your year, you can do elderberry syrup, which tastes good as well, um, vitamin C, and those would be the other bigger components that I would add to it. The other thing is hygiene, making sure that you're washing your hands and not exposing your kids as well as you can. Um you know, decreasing contact with any sickos. Mm-hmm. Uh, probiotics, mm-hmm. is there a kind of brand that you like? I know some people listening are probably going to just pick this up maybe from Whole Foods, or do you have a, a brand that you recommend? Yes. Yeah, so Whole Foods, I've noticed, carries a couple of different brands, and any of the 
So depending on how old your baby is, um, they have the chewable. I think it's um, the the Junior Pro Bio um, that you can get that is chewable. But you can also, like if your kiddo is sick and you want to boost them, I have them do an adult dose of probiotics. And that means taking a capsule, opening it up, putting it in water, putting it over applesauce, or however you can get it in there is fine. Um, And that would be uh, Jaro is a great, easy probiotic to do. And when looking at probiotics, I don't necessarily judge it by it needs to be 50 billion or it needs to be, you know, 25 billion. I look at the, as long as there's variety in the, in the good probiotics that are in there, that's what you want. Mm-hmm. Are there any particular ones to look for or just a nice blend of many different kinds? It's just a nice blend. Um, I like for, especially for cold and flu season, if there's the strep um, probiotic particulate mm-hmm. in there, that's what I want too. Okay, so you lactobacillus, are looking for some strep. <laughs> yes, yes. Strep, okay. lactobacillus, and bifidobacteria are going to be really good for immune support. Okay, got it. People are like strep. I don't want strep. I'm trying to fight strep. <laughs> right, but it's it's it. Sometimes it's good. <laughs> Different kind of strep. Got it. And then the elderberry syrup. Yes. Is there a a type of brand that you you like for that? I like Gaia, um, and you can usually get Gaia at Whole Foods or New Seasons. I don't know if you have New Seasons. We don't. Um, okay, it. okay. Um, Gaia, and you can also order Gaia online, but they have. Um, a lot of times at Whole Foods, they'll have a couple of different brands of the elderberry syrup. And you can do, like, during cold and flu season, just to, as a maintenance dose for immune support, a quarter of a teaspoon a day. And you can put it in water. You can put it over cereal. You can just have them lick it right off a spoon. And that's great for maintenance. Um, if you feel like they are getting sick, you just do a quarter teaspoon a few more times throughout the day and boost that up. Mm-hmm. And then vitamin D dosing, what's that look like for babies or for kids? So for babies, I do, well, and here's the thing. If you're breastfed, you're getting good vitamin D through mom, as long as mom is getting good fish oils and vitamin D. So if you're breastfeeding, Mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about extra supplementation, at least through six months. Um, Beyond that, I look at 1,000 IUs. At um, 18 months, I'll bump it up to 2,000 IUs. Okay, and then 18 months is 2,000, and then you just kind of stick with that while they're children? Yes, unless, you know, if they are sick, I'll have them do a super dose of, you know, I'll double that dose for about a week or 10 days, and then they can go back to the 2,000. Mm-hmm. And then how about for vitamin C? I know it's, it, that's, that's depending for adults, you know, to bowel tolerance, but how's vitamin C yes. typically for the kids? Yeah, for kiddos, you can start easy, like the emergency packets. Um, because mm-hmm. you don't have to swallow anything, and it's fuzzy and fun. Um, just half a packet of that, that's going to be 500 milligrams of vitamin C. Um, that's a great immune boost. Okay, awesome. Cool. Let me take it here to the Facebook questions. So this question is from Karen, and she says, I hear a lot of moms who can't breastfeed. Some say their milk just doesn't come or is very little. How does a mom set herself up for breastfeeding successfully? So that and that is a great question. Um, a lot of women, I think, especially with their first babies, get very concerned about everything that can go wrong versus mm-hmm. accepting what can go right. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, right. And with breastfeeding, 
the big thing is, you know, if your body was able to get pregnant, it knows what's happening. Your hormones are doing what they're supposed to. It's going to be responsive. But if you have family history of having, you know, challenging lactation or something like that, one of the things that you can do is you can actually start pumping before you deliver. Mm. And what that will do is kind of increase that um, that hormonal signal that you get to make milk and do milk production. Um, the other thing is timing for um, for making sure that you have enough lactation flow. And the thing is, I feel like a lot of moms are unsure if they if they're producing enough for their babies. And so there's a lot of there's a learning process that happens as you're meeting your new baby and finding out what their demands are. Um, but to set yourself up for good pumping, you can do prenatal pumping. Um, traditional pumping, too, once you have delivered, is you know making sure that you pump after breastfeeding for 10 minutes, so you're extending your, your feeding time, and three pumps minimum, three pumping times minimum throughout the day, um, mm. minimum with nursing. Awesome. That's, I never heard that technique that you start pumping before you actually have your baby. It makes a lot of sense. Yes, yes. And it just kind of it increases that prostaglandin response so that you have good hormone signals. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Now, is it typically the case when a woman has a hard time producing milk that her mother or grandma maybe have the same problem, or can it just kind of happen out of the blue? It can happen out of the blue, and a lot. and it's interesting because I've seen it increasing – over the years, mostly because of, mm-hmm. of stress. Mm-hmm. Stress is the biggest buzzkill for breastfeeding. Yeah. The, the hormone response to stress is to, you are fight or flight. What do you do when you're fight or flighting? You are not breastfeeding. So your mm-hmm. body shuts down that ability. And so that's an important thing to consider as well is, is stress. Yeah. When you're running from a tiger, you're not worried about feeding your baby. You're trying to get the hell out of there. So the same exactly. kind of concept. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Mm, yes. So adrenal support, even, and the thing is, with a naturopath, you can do great adrenal support that is safe for your baby while you're breastfeeding, and that's important to consider. Okay, let's let's dive into that because that's a really good question. I get this a lot. So, what's what what is good adrenal support while you're pregnant, and what's good adrenal support while you're breastfeeding if it's if it's different? So while you're pregnant, and here's the thing, nobody is going to take the chance to do a lot of testing on pregnant women. So mm-hmm. for adrenal support while you're pregnant, it's going to be your basic. So when I look at adrenal function, I look at adrenals as a as a puppy. <laughs> a puppy needs to know it's going to get fed. It's going to go for a walk. And puppies are very much into routine. They know what time to go to bed, and um, they know that they're going to have all their needs met. So adrenal mm-hmm. function is making sure that you, you need to pay as much attention to your adrenals as you would a new puppy. Um, mm-hmm. And that's important, especially during pregnancy, too. Um, the basic kinds of things are your good vitamins. Vitamin C is a great adrenal supporter. Vitamin D is a great adrenal support. It does turn into a steroid hormone in the body, so it does help modulate hormones. Um, and that's de- definitely during pregnancy. Um, after delivery with breastfeeding, I will usually use, I don't go into a lot of herbs with adrenal support unless I feel it's really necessary. I do um, something like the superoxide dismutase, which mm-hmm. is very doctor talk. Um, so something like cytosine AD through biotics, something like that that doesn't have the herbs in it um, that 
a lot of people get worried about, especially if I'm seeing a patient and they're also seeing, you know, uh, their primary care physician. Primary care physicians can get freaked out by herbs. And so when I do something like cytosine AD, it's a lot more benign in the, conserv- in the conservative medicine world. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Got it. something like that, and yeah. That, and, that's, and that's safe while breastfeeding, right? It's not going to have any impact on the baby. Absolutely safe while breastfeeding, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, yes. and there are herbs that are safe, that. but that would be something that I would do on a case-to-case basis. Okay. Um, and then, so you mentioned vitamin D for babies and kids. For a woman who's pregnant or breastfeeding, it was kind of like just a nice maintenance dose for vitamin D, maybe like 4,000 or is that? You know, it depends. I will usually test mommies and see where their yeah. levels are at. So I want their levels to maintain above 50 so wherever that dose is for them. And some women are have a great vitamin D supply, and they only need to do, you know, 2,000 IUs a day to keep that up. And there are other women that need more than that, and that's okay, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I always want to test. You don't want to guess. So this yes. question comes from Kira, and Kira wants to know, is natural childbirth only good for people who are fit? What exercises are most important to do or what areas should be focused on to support pregnancy and childbirth? Good question. That is a good question. Um, the thing about natural childbirth, um, and it, like whether you do it at home or whether you do it in a hospital setting, is just making sure that you are living a healthy lifestyle. If you are a high-risk pregnancy, and, I, and I, let me clarify that I don't think women that are 35 – or 40 or high-risk pregnancies, even though mm-hmm. the conventional medical world will will put you in that, I still think that you are healthy enough to have a natural childbirth. Um, but for women that okay. have diabetes, for women that have major health concerns, natural childbirth may or may not be an option for them. And that's where that goes into the, a different special area for pregnancies. But overall, I think women have the inherent ability to shine in natural childbirth, and I think that they should allow themselves the chance to do that and um, and just be smart about their decisions and not put their babies at risk. And that's where you need to have a good practitioner that's going to walk you through a healthy pregnancy. And it's looking mm-hmm. at nutrition. It's looking at at what exercises are okay for you. I mean, and the exercises are going to range when you're pregnant just as when you are not pregnant. Some women are runners no matter what. Some women are yoga people no matter what. And those are still safe things to do while you're pregnant, just making sure that you can recognize when your body is done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen ladies at CrossFit giving, like, full-on CrossFit classes while pregnant, and they have totally healthy deliveries and totally yes. healthy babies. So I think you just got to yes. work up to it and make sure your adrenals are strong. You ha- Make sure you have enough nutrients in your body. And the body can handle a lot, even while it's pregnant. Yes. Well, and it's designed to. I mean, your body is is designed to handle pregnancy. Um, so trust that, too. That doesn't mean that you have to be a marathon runner to have a natural childbirth. You know, if you are, I go to yoga three times a week and I walk an hour three times a week, that's great. Maintain that. Continue that. Don't stop doing that because you're pregnant. Um, It's important to maintain that activity. Totally. Okay, this question is from Angie. She wants to know, I would like to know Dr. Rice's thoughts on circumcision. Is it safe or is foreskin best left untouched? What are your thoughts? (laughs) 
And, and this is a very personal decision, um, and I will support either. Um, circumcision is generally safe. Um, I have, in my practice, I have never had an issue with circumcision. Um, that said, there, you know, you never know what can happen, but in general, circumcision is safe. And I don't find that there are lots of complications that can happen with that. What would you do with your son? That's a good question. <laughs> and this is more this is more of like I don't know if I could handle my baby crying through it. Um <laughs> outside of I mean, if he did it I would be fine. Um and that would be something that I would actually have to talk to with my partner because I would be torn. Yeah. I am not sure. I know. I was like, Hey, yeah. I wouldn't want him circumcised what's the point and my boyfriend's like no he's definitely getting circumcised i think guys i find that a lot of males yes a lot of males are the ones that demand it where the females are like um i don't know yeah i think (laughs) so and it's funny because i have a lot of moms that say you know the dad wanted to do it and so the moms now make the dads take the babies to get the circumcision and i think that's great that's a good strategy i like that yes yes okay Yes, but I don't um, think that there are complications or or bad things that can happen from circumcision. Yeah. Okay, this question you've pretty much already addressed regarding, um, this is from Natalie. She said, my husband currently has a bad cold. How can we protect our two-month-old son? Um, he's been wearing a mask, and, and, um, and my husband's been staying away from the baby. We've been supplementing our boy with vitamin A, D, and C, and I've been doing the same and taking fermented cod liver oil. Is there more that we can do. And to that, I would just dump in some probiotics. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. And as long as yeah, um, they're doing great stuff. And as if she's nursing, continue nursing. And it is about exposure too. If she's able to decrease the amount of exposure, that's great. I mean, the other thing too is our bodies learn about viruses and colds from being exposed to them just as long as they are not exposed to a huge amount of them. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a little bit of that, that that comes into play when kind of interacting with other people too. But, no, it looks like there's great immune support going on there. The only thing I would throw in there would be a probiotic. Mm-hmm. And if a baby does get a fever, it's not the end of the world, right? You don't have to... Just immediately no. the fever. fevers are actually a good thing. Yes, fevers can help drive out bad viruses. And the thing is, and this is what I tell all of my mommies and daddies, is babies, they're little, and their fevers can spike pretty fast, and it can be really scary as a parent. And if it ever gets to a point where you are concerned, and you will be, that's when you call your doctor. Um and find out, is this okay, is this not okay, you know, and that's where you want to be looking at their temperature is 101, and it's been like this for however long. Um, I feel like there's a certain threshold of where a fever should be for babies. If it gets above 104 for more than two days, that's where I like to look at, okay, is anybody sleeping? (laughs) So it kind of comes down to, like, is mom sleeping, is baby sleeping? If you're not sleeping, you're doing neither of you a favor, Um, but there's also, I do a lot of homeopathy and hydrotherapy to help with that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but yes, fevers so, are going to happen. They are necessary and they can be scary, but if they get to the point of being scary, that's when you need to call your doctor. 
Now, what are some of your go-to remedies for homeopathics? Ooh, for babies. Um, Arnica, definitely. Definitely Arnica (laughs) and everything. Um, Babies, well, babies and toddlers. Like, if your toddler does not have bruises, it's probably not getting around and doing what it needs to do. But Arnica Mm -hmm. is awesome for that. Um, Chamomile is one that I have on hand all the time as well. Aconite is a great one for fevers like that. The big fevers that spike really fast and hard, aconite is great for that. Those Mm -hmm. would be the ones that I would have parents have all the time. Awesome. Okay, let's jump to our last Facebook question. Well, she has two questions. This is from Cameron, and she says, during breastfeeding, if a mom gets a UTI, doctors prescribe antibiotics. Doctors say it's safe for the baby, but the baby still can get some medicine through the milk. Is this going to impact the baby in the future? Good question. So um, whenever I look at breastfeeding and mom having to be on an antibiotic, I always look at are the antibiotics absolutely necessary? Are there other routes that we can go to help improve your immune system or get rid of this? If antibiotics are necessary, there are definitely safe antibiotics that you can take while breastfeeding. Um, and I don't think that it's going to negatively impact the baby in the future as long as you are not on antibiotics all the time. Mm-hmm. So if and then you have a UTI and, mm-hmm. yes, yes, and making sure that you are supplementing with probiotics, absolutely, mm-hmm. and baby For too. And a lot of times if you are nursing, I will have mom um, make a kind of like a poultice of, open up a capsule of a probiotic, get it wet, dab it a little bit, and then put it on the nipple so baby gets probiotic as well. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as you are not on repeated doses of antibiotics, I think that it will be okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, okay, and then her second question is, my six-year-old boy received one extra dose of MMR and chickenpox vaccine. There was some miscommunication with the doctor, apparently. Is this extra dose okay, or might this cause an issue, any issue? So the thing with with vaccinations like this, and I will say that, believe it or not, this can be more common than we would expect. Um, And if you have had a double dose, it kind of depends on the timing of when you've received the vaccines. Um, so if you received a double dose, was it the same day? Was it the same week? So it kind of depends on when that timing interval was. But generally, and looking at the MMR and the chickenpox vaccine, I'm not concerned about the chickenpox vaccine. And with the MMR, as uh, that would be a timing thing for me. Was it within the last week? Was it within six weeks or not? Um, in general, it'll probably be fine. Um, I would just do... I would just do further immune support to help boost that immune response. Mm-hmm. And some of the ones you mentioned earlier, like elderberry and maybe vitamin C and D, right? Yep. Yep, absolutely. And just making sure that there's hydration to help flush the system too. Awesome. Um, and what about postpartum blues? And this is something a lot of ladies deal with. They have their babies and they just feel really blue and run down after having their, their baby. So what are some tips to help? combat postpartum blues? So with postpartum blues, and a lot of times, whenever I have them, and whether it's a first pregnancy or your sixth pregnancy, I always ask, do you have a history of depression or low mood? And there are some women that know, like, my mood is just crazy and I'm concerned. Like, they'll just straight up, that's that's one of their major concerns about 
during pregnancy as well as postpartum. So it's it's kind of taking that preventative approach of, okay, what do we need to look for and how can we support you through this? Um, the other thing is there is a difference between just being tired because you're a new mom and you haven't showered for three days and <laughs> really being depressed. And so it's also being in communication with your partner or whoever else is there to help you take care of the baby and in making sure that your mood is appropriate in the context. Um, if if there is a concern that you are having the, you know, baby blues, you definitely need to get in and see. I would prefer a naturopath because they will go a more natural supportive route. But for some women, it could also just be that your hormones have tanked. You no longer have that crazy, awesome progesterone that was in your body. You no longer have that awesome estrogen that was running through your veins. It's just kind of plunked <laughs> and mm-hmm. so we just need to get that working better for you too so for mm-hmm. some, and it could be thyroid a lot of times thyroid has a very high demand during pregnancy and then you deliver and it is just it's dead tired so we need to make mm-hmm. sure and that's why i say the baby is going to get what it needs it's just making sure that mom comes out okay on the other side and so whether it's a thyroid imbalance a progesterone imbalance an adrenal imbalance or a neurotransmitter imbalance it's important to make sure that those are all addressed Mm-hmm. And there are different so ways that, that you can possible. do it. Right, right. Yes. So much. And it, it depends on the person, too. Like the blues for one woman is way different for another because it's from different causes. One thyroid, the other one is totally wiped out on all the B vitamins or, or whatever. It's exactly. Very individual. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Exactly. Oh, but it's important right. to just to be preventative for that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, getting ahead of that and taking care of yourself. That's why we're doing the show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I'm I was I was looking at this list. I think we pretty much had everything we want to hit. Um and the time flew, of course, as it always does whenever we talk. So um right. any uh <laughs> anything we didn't touch on you wanted to mention or any parting words for us before we let you go? Um I well, again I wanna thank you. It's been awesome sharing of course. Some, some doctorly love. Um <laughs> and I'm excited for you. One of the things and it's kind of repeating what we said earlier and it's just making sure that you are giving appropriate care to your children but you are also just honoring you and respecting you and taking care and loving you as well Mm -hmm. and that's very very important don't wait till your kids are at college (laughs) to take care of yourself because it's going to be a lot harder yeah yeah and i just encourage you guys listening to just take one takeaway from this and that is to just ask for help for something for this week. If you're in this midst and you're just feeling like you're just barely surviving with so much going on, so many things on your to-do list, just ask for help. Maybe one hour this week where you can just go and have your own little battery charging time, take a shower, maybe go for a walk, maybe go get a massage, and just something to charge your batteries. Have somebody make dinner for you. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have someone rub your feet. Yes. I want yes. someone to rub my feet. I know. <laughs> my God, that sounds good. Um, yes. Debbie, it's been fun. I'm so glad you came on the show. Thanks for... Um, Me thanks too. For, Thank you so yeah, much. Of course. Enjoy the rest of your week, and um, I'll give you the updates on, on more with the, uh, the grand opening, too, as it comes up. Excellent. I look forward to it. I'm so happy for you. It's very exciting. Thanks. And then for people who want to learn more about you and if they're local, if they want to come up and see you as a patient, how do they, uh, how do they find you? Um, the website is www.sherwoodfamilymedicine.com. 
www.sherwoodrice.com, and we're located in Sherwood. You can also just you can Google my name, Deborah Rice, um, and that will pop up as Sherwood Family Medicine as well. And that's in Oregon, by the way, if you guys are wondering. It is, yes, Indiana. it's in Sherwood, Oregon, <laughs> sorry. And um, the office number, you can always get on the website. There's a Facebook page. The office number is 503-625-2848, um, and that will get you plugged in. And she's worth the flight, too, if you guys want to fly up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Well, enjoy your night. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Debbie. Thank you. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right, you guys. That is the show. We had a wonderful guest on tonight. I love Debbie. I miss her so much. So it was good to chat with her. Um, I did announce to you guys for next week, I'm going to have uh, Jimmy Moore on the show. He is um, the uh, the host of Living Libida Low Carb Radio Show, and he just released a book on cholesterol. So we're going to be talking about that next week, same time, um, so Tuesday at 6 o'clock. So tune into that. And uh, the following week, who do we have on then? Oh, we're going to be doing the benefits of IV and injectable nutrients. So really cool um, show with Dr. Paul Anderson, and he's so funny. He's like a a comedian doctor, so you guys have to tune in for that. So enjoy your week. I will chat with you guys next week. Take care. Bye. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's getting $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10.